I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Now today we have a very special guest joining us, one of my favorite ladies, and I'll give you a little bit of an introduction to her in a few minutes. But first things first, I think we need to talk about some things. I feel like a lot has changed since a week ago when we last spoke. So let's talk about it. I feel like most of us are in a period of self-isolation right now. I know for me personally, it's been exactly two weeks. If you've been, if you're listening to this live right now, it's been exactly two weeks. So 14 days since I've flown home from Arizona So I have been staying at home and doing kind of a self-isolation type deal. Um, And yeah, the 14 days are coming to an end today, but um, I still plan on being self-isolated as so many of us are. So I wanted to talk about that because there's a lot of emotions going on in the world right now. So many of us are feeling so many different things. There's also a lot of anxiety and overwhelm and obviously uncertainty happening right now. And this can feel really heavy and real stressful. And what I would love to encourage you to do at this time and just in my opinion, the best way to use this time is really start to look for the lessons during this time right now. We can spend so much time worrying and complaining and stressing about so many things we can't control. And I'm not saying to push all of those uncomfortable feelings away. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying let's start to work with these feelings that so many of us are experiencing and start to learn from them and also just start to learn from like the bigger picture of it all, right? There's just so much opportunity during this time and just really start to become an observer of what's coming up for you. Um, what types of thoughts are you having right now? And what parts of yourself can you go into and start exploring deeper? So if this is the type of work that you are feeling called to do right now, I have opened up more one-on-one coaching spots. I've had many requests to do so. So I have opened up more spots. You can always email me at hellomegdoll at gmail.com or respond to one of my newsletters if you're on my list. But um, just know I'm here 
I'm here to guide you through this journey. And if you are wanting to use this time to understand yourself better and start to reshape your belief system, I would be honored to support you in doing so. So that's what I'm here for. There are so many ways that you all continue to support me all the time. And I just wanted to mention that um, one of the best ways to support this podcast actually is just taking a screenshot if you're listening to it and posting it on social media and then tagging me so I can see if you're listening and I'll repost it too. So if you are listening, just take a quick screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories or something like that, and you can tag me at I am Meg Dahl. And I will love to connect with you in direct messages and just repost um, your screenshot. So thank you so much for doing that. That's obviously one of the most fun ways to support this podcast and share it with others. But obviously subscribing and giving me like a rating on iTunes and a review, that always helps as well. And if you want to join our Unbreakable You community outside of like Instagram DMs and whatnot and kind of have more soul conversations over on Facebook. If you have Facebook, you can search the Unbreakable You podcast crew. I'd love to have you part of that group. Um, It's just our safe spot to have these conversations. And yeah, I love it over there. It's always fun um, just creating a more intimate community and connections with you ladies. So thanks again for everyone who has joined our group. It's grown really, really quickly in a short period of time. So Thank you so much for joining all of us over there. And one last thing before I introduce you to today's guest is it's just a reminder for my essential oils class tonight. So as I mentioned, so many of us are experiencing like all of the emotions and you're actually going to hear more people talking about like how to support your immune health. And it's funny because I actually taught a class, an online essential oils class last month in February, all about how to support your immune health um, during this time of year. And obviously that came out at a wonderful time. And then this month I'm talking about how to holistically support your emotional health. So if this speaks to you. I would love for you to join me for tonight's class if that's not too late of notice for you. So you can go to megdoll.com slash classroom and you can sign up for the class there. It is tonight at 7 p.m. mountain time and if that doesn't work for you, I'm going to be teaching at classes every single month, um, but I'll probably be adding more. Usually I do one class per month, but um, just the way things are going, usually I'll be teaching like in-person classes and online classes and things like that. But um, just the way things are at right now, I'm going to shift my focus to obviously doing all online classes. So if this is something that excites you, 
just go to magdahl.com slash classroom and you can just join the classroom list and be updated on all of the upcoming classes. All right, so that's all I have for updates and things that I wanted to talk to you about before we actually get into today's episode with Kate Noel. So Kate is actually one of the ladies that I've been wanting to have on the podcast for quite some time. So I'm really excited to introduce you to her today if you don't know her yet. I actually found her on YouTube as we'll chat about in our interview together, but I found her on YouTube when I was going through my journey of overcoming hypothalamic amenorrhea and Kate had done the same and it was just really cool to connect with someone that was going through the same motions as I was and she has such a great YouTube channel but also um, an Instagram account that I really love following And um, she also started a podcast. So I have all of her links um, and offerings linked up in our show notes. So please, please check those out because if you love what I talk about, um, you'll definitely love Kate so much. She has such a beautiful energy to her and her message is amazing. She's a model in Los Angeles and we talk about the modeling industry and how that actually played a role in her eating disorder and how she now chose to continue modeling, but how she like does that while also remaining healthy, both mentally and physically. So let's cut over to my chat with Kate and we will see you next week. Hey, Kate, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to finally have you on. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited to be here. I I just can't wait. So I just shared with you that I actually found you when I started to work towards getting my period back. So it's really exciting to have you on my show now. And we'll talk about amenorrhea and recovery, eating disorder recovery too. But yeah, just one day I was like on YouTube and I feel like you'll feel me on this, but when you're going through amenorrhea recovery, it was really helpful for me to watch YouTube videos from people that had been through it. And I just found you, I could relate so much to you and you were just so inspiring and Anyways, I've been following you ever since and love your content. So welcome to the show. And I'm so, so excited for everyone to meet you today. Thank you. I can totally relate. Um, Yeah, that's the same with me. I feel like when you're talking to all your girlfriends, like it seems like everyone has their period but you. So I was totally in that space too. I was like, I guess I'll just go to the internet and YouTube because I need to see some like real people, real faces that like they're going through this. You know, I was tired of like reading the articles. I was like, I need to see like somebody. So I actually had somebody that I used to like subscribe to. I probably still do on YouTube. I don't think she still makes any videos. Her, I'm gonna shout her out because she did make a difference. Her 
YouTube name was A Case of the Jill. I know who you're talking about. She's so sweet. And I, I found her videos and she like totally kept me going and she didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So cool. Yeah, no, you were so inspiring. And I think you just did a video, just, you know, what I did to get my period back. And even though we know all of these things, like, I don't think I learned anything new from the video. It's like, I know I need to eat more food. I know I need to chill out with my activities and all that stuff. Right. But it's just listening to you say, like, this is what I did. It's like, yeah. Like, let's do this together, even though you already have. Yeah. Yeah. So you must have formed such an amazing community on YouTube and Instagram, too, by sharing your journey with everyone. Yeah, I guess I I guess so. It's weird how that happens. But yeah, I mean, I was doing the modeling thing and like had the modeling Instagram because I thought that's what I needed to be doing. And I, you know, had... I had a lot of male followers, you know what I mean? And I didn't really have any followers besides people I knew, men or other models or people in the, in the industry. Um, so when I started my YouTube channel, I did not expect that this to happen. And it did. And now I feel like I don't have any male followers. <laughs> and it's great. I mean, I love it. I love, I, I shouldn't say the male followers. You know what I mean when I say yeah. that? Like, it's the creepy people. Yeah. Um, and now I have this like amazing community and I just love how it naturally happened. It's so cool. Yeah. So can we take a step back? Because obviously your whole like online presence didn't start with you getting your period back or sharing that story. You're actually in modeling and you still are, but that has also taken like a different path for you. And I want to talk about that as well, because you're so open about that too. But can we just kind of like back things up a little bit and you share with us like how you got into modeling and that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, Well, I moved to California in 2015 from Indiana And I did not actually think I would become a model, um, but I got scouted. I mean, it was in the back of my mind. I was working a journalism job actually, like from my computer, like a marketing job. I was like writing blogs for random companies, very humbling job really. And I I got scouted as a model the first month I moved out here and it was like legitimate and a legitimate agency. And then a couple months later, I was like too scared to sign the contract. So I was like, this is weird. And I finally signed the contract and then I started testing and working. Um, so that's how I got into it. And then I thought that modeling was really fun, but um, I kind of felt like I wanted to do more fun things that weren't just photography. So I ended up getting my modeling agency to sign me with a commercial agency as well, which really started my whole big journey. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much how it started. I kind of had the, I got the lucky end of it. You know, I had, I was scouted, so I didn't really have to try that hard. Although um, I'm no longer with that agency. Um, once I gained the weight, I ended up finding another agent who, actually m- multiple agents who um, are really supportive of me. And I love them so much. They know everything about me. My agents like watch my videos and I'm like, wow, that's like amazing. 
Yeah, that's so incredible, honestly, to be working with an agency that's so supportive. So when you before you started modeling, like, had you ever had like any um, unhealthy relationships with food or your body? Or was that something that started once you started modeling? Yeah, I had um, disordered eating. I mean, I had an eating disorder way, way before I started modeling. Um, I had it from like age 14. I think that's when it started. You know, I never really can actually like know, but it seems like around age 14. And um, it was pretty bad. And then when I got to college, uh, before I moved out here, uh, it was still pretty bad, but I felt like it was like the motivation to recover was there. It just wasn't happening like I wanted it to be. So part of the reason I moved out to California was because I wanted to run away from my problems, which doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the modeling definitely perpetuated my eating disorder. Okay. It made it kind of more real out here. And it kind of gave me like more motivation to have it, you know, mm-hmm. because it was like a job and yeah, it was like a part of, it was attached to what I wanted to pursue. Yeah. And I mean, I've obviously never been in the industry, but just kind of like as an outsider, and I'm pretty sure the majority of the people that are listening to this episode were kind of like outsiders. And we hear these things that obviously like eating disorders or disordered eating, it's pretty common within the modeling industry. So when was it that you were like, oh my gosh, I have this problem and I actually do want to do something about it rather than just like keep going with it. Yeah, there was a few, there were a few like points, but the main thing that kind of set me on the path to recovery was um, one of my friends, um, I told her, I opened up about my eating disorder to one of my friends, which was so like miraculous. I don't know how that happened, but I did. And she was like, you know, she didn't have an eating disorder, so I didn't expect her to say the right things. And she didn't really give me any advice, but she did say like, you know, you have a really great life. Like you have, you're in a healthy relationship. You have a a partner who loves you. You have a husband who loves you. I mean, at the time it was, it was my fiance, but you have like so many friends and you have just, just made me kind of rethink like, what am I doing to my life? And then also, um, I was working so much at the time, like modeling so much, but it wasn't, it was like really bad jobs. Like it wasn't bad in the sense that I wasn't making a lot of money, but I just was so tired that I just got completely burnt out. I was working like nine hour days and which isn't even a problem, but it's a problem when you're not eating, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a problem when you're like starving. I was like constantly having panic attacks on set. I was like, just not okay. Um, so I just, I just got burnt out and I felt like I kind of, my agency kind of pigeonholed me into a certain niche of work that I was doing. It's like e-com, really fast paced work, fast fashion work. I was doing that so much that I was like, I'm done. Like I just kind of like hit a wall and yeah, I was tired. My body was just like, stop. Yeah. So that was kind of like the turning point for you when you confided in your friend then? Yeah, that and also I, I will say I, I I wanted to get my period back. That was like mm. my main motivator. So 
I got the book, No Period, Now What? I know that you know that book. Yes. I know you interviewed her, and she's amazing, the author. But it really changed my perspective a lot. Mm-hmm. What were some like things that really set off light bulbs for you when you read that book? Um, well, I read the book actually like two weeks after I started to like refeed myself. Okay. So I was like, I had the support of Rio, my husband, and I left my agency. So I felt like I had no like one to impress. Like I just wasn't going out for castings. I was like, I'm just going to be in this space where I'm like not working. Yeah. Uh, which is really difficult, but the food itself, like eating the food, like my body in my brain, like changed. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Right. So when I started reading the book. It was like affirming what I was feeling. You know, it was like affirming that I was like doing a good thing. Um, so I don't know, honestly, I feel like it was just like a, I like that confirmation, like, right? It just happened. Yeah. yeah just a confirmation of it. I like highlighted so much in that book about like this the funniest things like eating ice cream like all this stuff that I really just needed someone to tell me to do right Um, yeah even though like I said before when I was watching your video it's like I know what I need to do but then to hear you say like this is what I'm doing it's like okay yeah yeah like Kate's doing it and it's just kind of like having that I don't know little cheerleader along with you so when you opened up no period now what that was kind of more or less what you were experiencing it's like I know what I need to do I'm already eating more but reading things like these women going out and eating ice cream that felt really good for you so good yeah so good it was so exciting okay speaking of ice cream I saw your Instagram stories (laughs) you and your husband (laughs) you and your husband were recently just like out at the grocery store and you came across some ice cream with hidden veggies in it what are your thoughts (laughs) oh my god I was laughing so hard I could hardly film that because I thought it was so like what's next you know like Okay, I get the the locale ice cream. I mean, I don't, I don't buy that, but you know, I can understand why that's a thing uh, in the diet culture, whatever. But then, like, I just see this like little section of I don't even know what it was. I'm not gonna say say the brand. I don't mind. No, but it was like this little these little pints of all these little fruits and veggies hidden in like each of these flavors, and not only that, but they all had like different vegetables, like one vegetable, like one of them was like mint chocolate chip with hidden spinach yeah and then the spinach is like also like the eighth ingredient after like cream and sugar and all this stuff it's just like it makes me it makes me laugh because it's so honestly it seems kind of like pointless and pathetic like just eat some veggies and then eat some ice cream after like that's balanced well totally yeah I loved your response you were like okay but why can't you just like eat the veggies and then have some real ice cream because that's the good stuff right yeah yeah and I love the food challenges that you've done for yourself throughout recovery were those some of the biggest things that have helped you um really heal your relationship with food yeah yeah okay a lot of people are like why do you do these challenges on YouTube and yeah I feel like doing something once it gets it gets easier and then doing it again gets easier and doing it again it gets easier and then pretty soon you're like oh I was so irrational because I wasn't eating these foods um like I used to be like majorly afraid of I mean so many foods but 
carbs and sugar and that whole realm, really. Mm-hmm. Now I eat so many carbs and I'm fine with sugar, you know, and I just, I totally have that. It, it facilitated intuitive eating for me, for sure. Yes. And I just really loved when you started posting those and just that you you still do post videos like that and I think that shows people that when we expose ourselves to things that we're scared of more and more just normalizes them for us right like you said you had an issue with carbs and sugar for an example but if you just continue your life by having those every once in a while you're not allowing yourself to normalize that in your life and just be okay with having it like as often as you want to yeah it really helped me too with like the social setting of it and the spontaneity of those types of foods like yes I'm probably not going to have like pizza every single day for the rest of my life I'm not but it, it helped me to you know next time my friends or somebody I know is like let's get a slice of pizza or we're out and we're at an Italian place like it just helped me to feel like okay I did this for seven days in a row like I can do this you know one night of the week or whatever yeah yeah totally so was that maybe let's look at your challenges because there's a lot of the different ones that you've done do you (laughs) feel like the pizza one was maybe one of the biggest game changers for you or what like looking back what do you think was probably one of the best challenges you did because it gave you so much like more freedom I actually think I mean the pizza one was was um was challenging it was a big and it was one of the first I think it was the first one I did so that was like that in itself was like wow this is crazy but I actually think the biggest one that was like the most life-changing for me was the one where I eat like desserts and baked goods for a week yeah because that one I remember it was a wild week. It's like in the beginning of the week, I went to this bakery and I had this like audition uh, that morning where I had to be in a swimsuit. And so I was like, wow, like I have an audition for this swim job and I'm about to eat cakes and baked goods for the next seven days. Like that, it doesn't feel like in alignment with my old, like my old self would be like, no, don't do it. Like quit now. Mm-hmm. But I did it. And I actually got, that job, like I got that job and it was shooting like later that week. So it was like a swimsuit job or like, a, it was like a pool toys. That's like what, it, what the client was. And so I like got to set and I was like, wow, like I'm in a swimsuit. I just had big goods for the past six days. And I started my period that morning. So I just felt like not only did I book the job, that's affirming, but I got my period, that's affirming. And like, I feel great. Like it was just such a good, like week, really. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So what would you say to any one of our listeners today that's really having a tough time with just like going ahead and eating more food? Because one of my favorite things that you've said so far is even before you started reading No Period, Now What?, you started eating more food and you noticed the changes already. And I can't help but like really highlight that because I have often thought about that in my own recovery journey throughout the years is like, oh my gosh, things just get so much easier when we eat enough food, right? And when we're malnourished, it's really hard to think correctly about things. 
right? Um, so what would you say to our listeners that are just like feeling like they're on that edge of really wanting to start that journey of eating more food? And what would you offer to them as some encouragement? Mm-hmm. I think that for me, it's it was so difficult to trust my body. Like it was so difficult. My body can't handle this food. And I really believed it. And the only way that you can kind of challenge that is by fueling yourself and eating. So even if you start small, if that's like having a little extra or eating a few bites, something that you normally wouldn't have, uh, that's a good place. Like you can't really mess up if you are trying to push yourself in the recovery direction in some way. You know, you don't have to have the entire thing if it's scary for you, but pushing yourself a little bit every day or every week is something that really helped me. Mm-hmm. And definitely telling people and having support is like, was really important, having accountability in that way. Um, I just kind of had to surrender and adjust my life accordingly to my recovery instead of like, instead of manipulating the people around me and myself into my eating disorder, I had to manipulate people around me or not manipulate them. I had to, I just trust the people around me and like surrender to the recovery process. Um, So I would just say like journaling about why I didn't trust my body or how I could trust my body was a big thing for me. Telling people, sharing my feelings, even if it felt redundant. Uh, Just having that one person that you can talk to and share the experience with was important for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I take it that you shared a lot with your husband, Rio. Yeah, was, was the guy. He yeah, was he like was your guy. person, yeah, I, right? I had a therapist. For sure. Yeah, yeah, but having that one like family member or really close friend or spouse that was really supportive. And that's actually a question that I do get a lot. Like my boyfriend and I, we did a couples Q&A together. And that was a question that we got. So I'll just ask you as well. So how were you able to like open up to your husband in a way that he really understood what you were going through and also like kind of understood how to support you? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think setting like quote unquote setting the stage is really important. So like I texted him, you know, I was like, hey, I need to talk to you about something tonight. Like, can we talk about something? You know, that kind of like primes the conversation, you know, so you could call somebody up, call your friend up, whatever, call your parents up, text them and say like, hey, I really want to share something with you that's really important to me. And that kind of primes it so they know, okay, like this person needs me and not to be like dumping a crazy thing on them, like in the spur of the moment. And then you can kind of collect yourself. Like I, I had to collect myself and try and stay calm and explain to him that, and he already knew about my eating disorder, but I had to really surrender everything to him. And so, yeah, I just, I let him know that I needed to have a conversation with him. And I just told him that I was really struggling and I, was, I wasn't being completely honest with him. And that I was still, you know, engaging in behaviors and that I really wanted to recover and that I needed his support. Um, 
and I mean, I'm lucky in that he was, he loves, you know, being there for me. And I'm so lucky in that. And I don't think it's always going to be like that, you know, with, with my parents, I was afraid to tell them because I didn't want them to think that it was going to be their responsibility. You know? mm-hmm. So I think you just, you have to tell somebody that you love and that, you know, will support you. But at the same time, you can't always expect them to not have an emotional reaction or feel a little confused. So I think if you go in by saying like, here's how you can help me and give them a few points, mm-hmm. that's what I did. Uh, yeah. that are really applicable and easy for them, uh, that's like a really good start. You know, I was like, okay, Rio, I, you know, I obviously need to stop working out. So if you ever see me, you know, putting on my tennis shoes and, or like doing some crunches in the in the room or whatever, like ask me what I'm doing and, and that accountability, like that's like a really simple example, but something like that. Yeah, yeah. and. That's such a great example. And I feel like anyone who's listening right now will know how they need support in their life. But it's just that like really clear communication with whoever you choose to tell being like, this is a behavior that I'm doing and I no longer want to be doing it so I can actually recover. And if you can help me stop doing this behavior, that would be awesome. (laughs) Totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that's amazing to have a support system as well. And you recently published a YouTube video about some big little things that really helped you throughout recovery. So maybe we can dive into some more of the things that you felt like really were game changers for you throughout recovery. You're so open, Kate. And I think we talk a lot, like I feel like everyone listening here knows like, okay, in order to get my period back, in order to um, recover from disordered eating or eating disorders, like I need to start eating more. And if I'm exercising obsessively, I need to stop doing that. So those are like really two big blocks there. But what were some other things that were like, wow, that made such a difference for me? Mm -hmm. My biggest one is trusting the people at the professionals that I hired to give me the information I needed. Um, so if that's like an outlet, I mean, that's, of course, that's something I recommend having professional help, whether that's with a nutritionist, with a therapist, with a treatment team, with a doctor, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, um, trusting them, like what they say, because it's like really easy for you to be like, that's, they're telling me to eat this much food and that's too much. Like that's like a visceral, that's like a natural response mm-hmm. that every single person in recovery has. Everyone has that response, probably. And so I just was like, I'm just gonna surrender. I'm gonna be completely honest with the people that I hire or that my insurance hires rather. And I'm just gonna tell them and trust them, everything. Like it's just gonna be an open, vulnerable thing. Uh, So that was really, really important for Mm -hmm. me to do. Girl, I can so relate to that so much. I remember being handed a meal plan so many years ago and looking at it and thinking like, oh my gosh, like she actually thinks I like need to eat all this food. And I totally rebelled. Yeah. And I mean, that was so many years ago, but now thinking back on it, I'm like, I feel so much um, like 
sadness and compassion for that younger version of myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Meg, if you would have just listened to her and surrendered, like you suggest, um, things would have been so much different for sure. So that's a huge point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, like I said before, just telling people was also really important. Um, obviously I told everyone, you don't have to tell everyone, (laughs) but having, telling one person is a really good start. That's like an amazing step. That's like jumping off a cliff. So if you do that, then that's major. Mm -hmm. Then telling another person is like just even better. Another person is even better. So having like somebody that you know, you can always, like multiple people that you know, you could always text or call is is really vital too. Mm-hmm. Accountability, you know, like there's going to be people out there who are rooting for you. When you decide you want to tell somebody that you need their support in the recovery process, like there's going to be, like they're going to be there for you because they care about you and they love you. And um, so that was important too. Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling with your relationship with food now today like how are things feeling with you oh so good yeah I mean look there's like still days where it's it's only I know my triggers that's another one that's another good point knowing your triggers like I know my triggers so I feel like that's super important and one of my triggers unfortunately still is like being in the industry like it's not like it was before and it's rare, but there's definitely like a shadow that I feel sometimes when I show up to castings and all the girls like in my mind, I'm like, they're so small. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I should walk out, you know, or I, I don't need to be here. There's a million lies I can tell myself. Um, but it's really good. My relationship with food is, is really good. I mean, I'm not afraid of eating certain foods and it's so liberating. It's so freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my body is really in a spot right now where I don't feel like I'm fighting against it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just where it's at. And sometimes I feel like maybe I'll gain a little weight. Sometimes maybe I won't, you know, I'm just really happy right now, not caring about my body size as much as I did in the past. Yeah. And that's something else that you're really open about. And also something that like I talk a lot about as well is the weight that we gained throughout getting our periods back recovery of getting our periods back so what was like one of the best things about gaining some extra weight for you because I feel like so many people think of it as a really scary thing and now that like where I am compared to where I was like a year and a half ago I'm like oh my gosh this is so not scary whatsoever no Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's so many things. I mean, the freedom uh, is amazing. And like I said, your brain changes, like your mindset literally shifts so much. And now when I look back on old photos of me, like I can see the body dysmorphia like was so real. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like I have so much energy now. You know, I can sleep at night and wake up and I feel fine. Um, my digestion is better. My hair is thicker. Like there's all these like aesthetic things that I think are, are good, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like all the internal freedom I have is definitely the biggest thing. Um, and I just love 
I love feeling like a woman. I love mm. feeling like that. I just didn't feel like a woman before. I didn't. I felt like a little prepubescent girl. Oh my god, me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, you're like I don't. I know this is so funny. Actually, is my um, my little niece. She's 14. And she just started her period, and we like talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do last year. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's funny because we're like both going through puberty. Uh, not really, but it seems like it's. Yeah. Good. But yeah, you know, it just feels good to feel like a woman. I'm a married woman. So, of course, that, that too, like my husband likes the extra weight too. Yeah, he does, hey? Like, because yeah. that's another story that so many women tell themselves is that like their relationship is going to like take a turn for the worst yeah. or whatever when they gain weight. But I've shared this on the podcast before that I had been gaining weight. I think I was like close to gaining 30 pounds at this point and Scott literally said to me like I I can't tell Meg like I literally can't I wouldn't have known and to me I was like none of my clothes fit you know <laughs> like absolutely there's no there's no hiding this at all um but yeah so talk maybe you can elaborate a bit more on that how it was a positive for your relationship yeah um, it totally was. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I think as somebody with an eating disorder, somebody with a bad relationship with food, who attributes their beauty and whatever to being thin, I think that you know they have like this is what it's like for everyone else. This is how everyone wants to see me, the way that I want to see myself right now, and that's not true especially if you're in a relationship not only will the other person notice that you are so much happier but like you'll like Rio was like I want to get ice cream and I'm like I can't eat ice cream Rio like this is back in my eating store like I'm not gonna eat ice cream if you stop asking me you know and now I'm like yeah let's get, you know, it's, it's more fun like life is more fun a and also you know they won't notice or they'll like it like they'll like the the weight gain because it um yeah you know why they they like the weight gain you know a little bit bigger butt i'll say it a little you know just stuff like that they like it yeah totally and like you said it's just more fun you're actually living life when your guy wants to go get some ice cream and you're like yeah let's go so yeah yay I love that so much so before we wrap things up I do want to make sure we talk about just kind of approaching your modeling in a different way as well just in case we do have anyone listening thinking like okay I want to continue modeling but I know I can't be in this smaller body anymore this isn't healthy for me so how did you get back into the modeling industry but still honor like hey this is who I am and I'm not going to change or go down that slippery road again mm-hmm. that's a really good question uh, it wasn't easy but like I said I found a really great agent so I think as long as you have somebody who you can trust and you know supports you I went to two meetings before I found my agent now and both of them said you need to change your body 
Uh, one of them said, you need to be this waist measurement. And I was like five inches off. <laughs> and I was like, I just really wasn't what I needed to hear. And I was like, I don't want to be this in this space anymore. And then the next agent, they actually said, you know, you need to either gain weight or lose weight. Like you're not, we can't put you out for any jobs because you are like kind of in between a curved model and a stick straight model or whatever. So that made me feel even almost worse because I'm like, I don't have anywhere to go, you know? Yeah. So once I found my agent, she was like, I think having the mentality that's like, this, I'm not going to work, like I'm, I'm working for myself too. Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to model or do any job you have, not even modeling like this. It's for you too. So if your eating disorder is affecting your job and vice versa, like remember that like that's for you, not, it's not all for other people. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, my work wasn't for my agents. It wasn't for my clients and it wasn't for the people who I was trying to impress. Like in the long run, it was for me too. So I had to like factor myself into the equation. Mm -hmm. And um, also the industry is changing right now. So I'm like excited to be a part of the shift. You know, it feels like I'm actually making a difference instead of just like posting you know, fake pictures of me starving myself, trying yeah. to look sexy. Like that's not going to be good for the greater good of mankind. You know, like right. that's something I don't really want to support. So it kind of became political for me too. Like I'm done being a woman in like a smaller body who like has to look a certain way for everyone else. Um, so yeah, there's a shift happening. And if I'm like, I can either be on this side of the shift or I can be on this side of the shift that's like the body neutral, celebrating women's bodies or men's bodies part of it. And I choose to be on that part. So I'm going to go all in. I'm not going to be like halfway. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like a, a mental shift for me. Good for you, sweetheart. And are there any exciting projects that you're working on right now? I know you recently launched your very own podcast <laughs> so if you want to chat about that or anything else that you're excited about lately sure i might as well thank you for asking um yeah i started a podcast called take the cake and it's really chill you know it's just i'm just going to be doing solo episodes but i'm also going to be interviewing people like you and I would love to have you on the podcast. I'd be days. honored. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> For now, I just started it in January and um, just conversations like this one about um, body bodies and food and just being in the here and now. And I talk a little bit about the industry, but not that much because not that many people can relate to the industry like I can. Um, but yeah, it's just a fun little project I've been doing. I was... I really wanted to start my podcast because I have a YouTube channel, which I, you know, I do like little vlogs and challenges and stuff, but, um, I felt like the YouTube space wasn't very welcoming for these kinds of conversations. Mm. And also nobody wants to watch like a hour long YouTube video. I don't think right. <laughs> So I felt like I really wanted to dive deep into conversation and not have so many boundaries. So that's why I started the podcast. So yeah, I have a YouTube channel. It's just my name, Kate Noel. My podcast that I I like to work on sometimes. Yeah. So. I will link everything up for everyone in the show notes, sweetheart. And one last yeah. question before you go is: What does it mean to you to be unbreakable? 
Ooh. Okay, let me think. Mm. I don't want to say the same answer that, like, I'm sure everyone else says, but a part of me is like, I don't know. Um, I think it means to ask yourself what you need in the moment on on the day. Um, Like when you wake up, just asking yourself and checking in with yourself before you make decisions. And yeah, just honoring what you really need and trying not to let the distractions keep you from honoring yourself, even though that's really hard. Uh, Just tuning in and what, you know, whether that means skipping a workout or, or going to a workout or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like one example, but there's a million things. Just trying to include your true healthy self in all your decisions. That way you can be yourself. And if you're yourself and you're unbreakable, you know, that's, yeah. that's what I think. So very unique answer trust me it's not like everyone else's oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) everyone's is different what a beautiful answer thank you so much sweetheart honestly you're welcome back on the show anytime thank you this was so fun you asked such good questions you're so good at this aw thanks babe